Mr. Pop. He sold so many records from his front yard that Deep Purple are in the top ten again. <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. As Jackie Gleason said in that uh, in the Honeymooners, and away we go. Welcome to Rock and Roll. I'm Kevin Hillier. With me, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine in alphabetical order. Hello, Brian Mannix. Hello. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> Hello, Mark Fine. Hello, Brian. CQ, CQ, good buddy. You got a ten nine. Oh, jeez. Have they just got? Um, have they just got those radios in uh, Queensland? Have they? No, 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 no. I just was being silly. The CB, um, the CB radios, they're still around. The truckers still use them. Well, they were big in the 70s. They were huge. Oh, well, Everybody it, had a CB. Well, it was a, a device basically to tell you where the, where the cops were, uh, you know, so you didn't get picked up for speeding or whatever else you were doing. But it became a thing to pick up chicks with too. Is that right? Well, that's what my stupid friends thought. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that any of them picked up a chick through the CB radio, but, you know, they thought having a 351 fully bought out was going to get them a chick. Well, you know, I think it's a bit, there's a bit more to them than a, a V8 engine and a, and a nice um, handle on your CB handle. So, yeah. That would have been funny. Uh, welcome, boys. How's your week been, Finey? Yeah, good. Actually, stressful. Why now? Now is hang on. Is this just to do with the uh, fabulous business that you run that we should tell people about, which is Lenny's uh, Deli there, Fine Foods, Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield? Is it to do with that? No, no, that's going along tickety boo. Well, what has stressed you out this week? Well, what's the most stressful thing? I, I reckon. Well, let's play Family Feud. <laughs> I was about to say, if you want to talk stress, you're talking families. No, 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 it's not to do with the family. Oh, okay, you want to play? Okay, yeah, yeah, I come with you. Right, you ready, Brian? We we surveyed studio audience. Yep. Got the top 100 answers to what is the, what activity is most stressful and least liked by most people? Uh, Vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> no, there's no, there's no. That's not on the board anywhere. Most uh, stressful and least liked. Okay, yeah. uh, Orion's got something to do with uh, your tax or uh, something like that. I'll say tax, financial tax trend. The third tax was the third response. Oh, oh, okay. So I've got, there's still two on the board. Um, but, that, 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 uh, visiting, bzz, visiting your relatives. And- no. Okay. Uh, most least liked. Uh, what else do you do? Um, well, it can't be your footy team. It can't be anything to do with your footy team. No. No. no, no. Okay. All right. You get a tax bill, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. Is it anything to do with finances? No. No. Right. No. Uh, anything to do with neighbours? No, but you're starting to warm up. All right, something to do with your house. Correct. All right. Well, the, for me, and I will say this categorically, I think the most stressful thing you can do in your life, nine times out of ten, is moving house. 
Correct. Top yeah. answer, Thank 70 you. wins. Thank you. I, I didn't think... We are moving. Uh, we're on the move. Oh, are you? Yeah, we're moving tomorrow. But oh. it's been a difficult, you know, few weeks. But last this week, you know, stuff on the nature, you know, just... Are you downsizing? Yeah, yeah. Two kids have moved out, so we're going from four to two. Well, Brian, well, well, Brian's done this recently. Yes. I've got boxes everywhere still, but... <laughs> Um, will there be room for a sex room at the uh, new locale? <laughs> Finally. Oh no! Well, it's a small. It's a smaller house. It's it's a modern house. The the place we're at now, which was an older place, was more seemed to be more um, sympathetic to a sex room. But, <laughs> right. Okay. But, well, maybe you could have a sex garage in the backyard or something. Well, there is a big garage. There's a nice big garage, but you know. Wow. Have look. All you need is a latex, latex inner skin for a room, mm-hmm. and you've got a thick room. Now, listen. You've got to have a big garage because the, the thieves have got to know where they can steal the cars from. So you've got to keep that as a garage. Well, one of the main reasons we're moving is when you get both your cars stolen and get broken into three other times, it's time to move. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. That is that 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 then becomes stressful. So, yeah. have you done the? Uh, I mean, you you you're, you're downsizing, but have you have you accumulated? Because you haven't been in that place that you're in now for a long time, so you have wouldn't have had a chance to accumulate a lot of stuff. Yeah, but we took a lot of stuff with us from sort of the main family home. But we've been here four or five years, four years, or okay. whatever. Yeah, it's an um, time. and we. We had a big hard rubbish pickup, and they took a whole lot of stuff. And then we've got as much stuff again that's got to be taken away in a skip. I mean, it's just so much stuff. But I've been brutal. I've just said, "Chuck it out, chuck it out, chuck it out." You regretting any of it yet? Oh no, no. Okay, yeah, okay. Did you do that, Brian? Did you? Were you brutal with all your stuff, or what did you do? Because I know you said you got like a container sitting there of stuff. Still. Yeah, I was I was pretty brutal, um, and I think the key to it is: have I looked at this in the last twelve months, or and if you haven't, well, chances are I've still got a whole lot of family photos, but I'll get them scanned and put just put them in a computer, and then I can sort of get rid of the the heavy version of it. But um, yeah, but no, I threw away so much stuff. Um, I gave the couches away. Um, you know, yeah, it's just you just got to get rid of it. When's the uh, when's the big moving truck come and uh, and take all the furniture and stuff, Fanny? Tomorrow morning. Oh, all right. Well, well, it's exciting that you're into a new house, though. That's that's you know, yeah. that'll be that'll be great. New postcode. Oh yeah, yeah, whole new suburb. Okay. Um, is the is the commute from there to uh, Lenny's going to be a problem, or is it? Nice. No, 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 much closer. Okay, beautiful. All right, well, good luck with the move. Yeah, yeah, it's f***ing annoying. <laughs> and, uh, and so when are you going to officially be out of the house that you're you're in? Oh, we've got another three weeks, but we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Let's just say uh, we and the landlord Ooh. don't see eye to eye. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. All right. 
I've never had a pet cat, but I'm about to be having a V cat. <laughs> yeah, okay. See where that's going. So it's just what you and Nat and who moves to the new place? Harper and Lucas, the two younger ones. Right, and that's it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's it. Okay, big change. Yep. Big change. Well, we're going through that process right now of, of starting to look at all the areas that we've got to get rid of stuff from. We actually filled a uh, we we have a bag that we have out the front that we throw papers into and stuff. Um, it is ours and it is on our property and we do pay for it. It's not something I throw into next doors. Um, uh, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Uh, and we filled the bag up yesterday and uh, felt really good about ourselves. And I said to Sarah, now turn around, walk outside and walk back in this room again and have another look. And she looked and went, there's probably another 17 bags worth of stuff in here, isn't there? I said, that's exactly right. <laughs> so we'll start that. You do accumulate a lot over oh, life, don't you? I've been in this house for 35 years. Well, how many, how many records are you going to give away, Kev? I got rid of all of my records, which that's probably one thing I do regret because they're worth a shitload now, apparently. I'm not giving them away. I, 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 they, I don't think they'll be going with me, but um, I'm, I'm certainly not giving them away because that, yeah, that so, often is unappreciated. Kev's- his big record sale. Everything <laughs> must go. It's like it's like Brashes, Parlings, Chandlers, um, and, and Alan's music sold, all in one. <laughs> he, he sold so many records from his front yard that Deep Purple are in the top ten again. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a few Deep Purple albums, actually. Some. I, Absolutely. No record collections complete without at least one Deep Purple. Oh, I think I've got more than one. I was I was heavily into Deep Purple in the Black Knight era. Black Knight, Strange Kind of Woman. I uh, loved I loved Deep Purple then. Machine Head was my go-to album. Oh, jeez. Um, you know how you know how I'll know if you've got one of those enormous record collections. One album. Right. It, this, this to me tips people over. If they've got this album, they've got everything. Uh-oh. Jethro Tull, thick as a brick. I have no. some Jethro Tull. I liked Jethro Tull. Now, let me preface. I like Living in the Past. I thought that was a very good song. Uh, I, there's one song of Jethro Tull that I think is brilliant, a live version of it, of Locomotive Breath I love. Oh, Locomotive Breath's a good song. Um, I, 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 as a teenager, before I got into radio, went through a little Jethro Tull period with a friend of mine. We were both very, very into Jethro Tull because it was kind of, oh, Hang you know. On. What, what, you and your little friend are going and having a bit of a Jethro Tull behind the No, we sheds. weren't having a Jethro Tull at all. We were just, we, we'd meet at his, at his uh, dad, his dad owned a real estate agent and they had a uh, granny flat at the back and we'd go at the back of that and uh, play records really, really loud because we could. And uh, there was a little Jethro Tull period in there. There was a very big Led Zeppelin period and a massive Deep Purple period, but there was a very tiny little window of Jethro Tull. A bit of room for Jethro. All right. And then I must admit I found uh, found latter Jethro Tull so pretentious. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Um, I couldn't listen to it. Um, I, found, I found Aqualung like, oh, I'm sorry, Aqualung. Aqualung. Once he left... Once he left the Beverly Hillbillies, he just piled <laughs> up his own ass. I mean, Thick as a Brick was a good-looking album, wasn't it? It was like... Yeah, it was like a newspaper. It had, yeah, it had, it had windows in it, little... 
Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it was clever. It was a clever album. Uh, and uh, but yeah. so remember Physical Graffiti, the Led Zeppelin cover, the original Led Zeppelin cover. That, yeah. that was really clever too. Um, they, were, they, they did a lot of really clever things with covers. Yeah. Um, and do you have any? Do you have any of the not black vinyl records? I think I had Venus and Mars in red. Yeah, I've got some that are coloured. Yeah, that a Venus and Mars red record. Yeah, they did that as promotional things, and we used to say to them, like, "Don't bother." Like, no one actually cares. But now, I'm sure if you had a you know red version of Red Rose Speedway by Paul McCartney, it's probably worth five you know hundred million dollars or something. <clears throat> and I don't have one of those. <laughs> Trust me. A uh, big week in sports, if we have a look at that. Uh, now, finally, so uh, has everyone pitched in and helped or has there been any slackers in the move? Now, it's interesting. If you ever want to have some space from your kids and time away, tell them that you're moving. <laughs> yeah, I found that to be true. Yeah. <laughs> They have scattered to the four corners of the fucking earth, those kids. <laughs> and I bet they told Natalie, not you, that they had to go out. Oh, they just, they just, you can't find them. You can't. <laughs> they don't exist during this period. <laughs> All right, okay. But they'll mysteriously and miraculously know exactly where the house is that you're moving to um, yeah. a couple of days oh, yeah. into, the, uh, into the settling in period. Yeah, correct. When we're all when we're all done, are we done? Are we done? Yeah. There they are. Yeah. Oh well. I uh, I, don't, I remember my parents moving house once, and I don't remember ever having uh, helped. I don't remember helping at all. <laughs> no, I was away whenever my parents moved. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd just like to give you a quick weather report. It's pissing down here. It's pissing like that opening scene in that movie, The Dirt. It really is. On the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's it's raining. Well, when it rains, it's pretty fair. Oh it? yeah, I know. But but oh yeah, surely Brian, uh, you you don't tell people that it rains there. Well, you don't ruin the it's, myth. It, it's it's gushing. No, it's still seventeen degrees. Oh. Might be eighteen, but it's you know it's it's raining, and you know I can sit on my balcony and watch the rain. It's quite good. Anyway, nice. more important things than the piss down rain in in Gold Coast. Nice. Uh, we have a new Wimbledon men's and women's champion. The men's is uh, Carlos. What's his name? Al Alcat Alcat no, Alcatraz. It's not Alcatraz. Wish no, I didn't say Traz. Cataz, isn't it? Something like that. Yep. Uh, Alcatraz. He's the new uh, the new it boy of tennis, uh, and he's got a Wimbledon title to proudly uh, adorn the. Locker room and the the trophy cabinet home. The girl's name I, I honestly can't remember. Um, I did write it down, but she was an unseeded player who won it. And well, I, she wasn't pregnant. Is that what you mean? I uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I must admit, I don't think I watched one second of it, and that's unusual. I saw, I saw the promos. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a few promos. I'm not a big tennis fan, but usually you get sucked into the final. Didn't even get sucked into the final this year. No, perhaps because the Ashes is on. Well, the uh, Australian women's they team could have been, secured they, the they Ashes. Could have been, they could have been playing stark naked and using square balls, and I wouldn't know because I did not 
even consider boxing a minute of it. Yep. Well, you missed it. They were playing Stark, Megan, and they <laughs> did use square more. Uh, um, the women's team have uh, secured the Ashes by winning the second of the one-day internationals. So it's the points. It's a point system that they run with that. So the girls um, won the test, got the four points for that. Uh, I don't. Th- I think they might have won one of the one-day internationals. Picked up two points there, and then uh, won the second of the T Twenty. So picked up two points there. That's eight points. They can't be beaten, so they retain the Ashes. So they've yeah, done. They that. lost three in a row, I think. Yeah, but, um, but they, you know, that's okay. They they've they retained won. they've retained the Ashes. That's what they went there to do. And what an interesting weekend of football we just had. Yeah. Started like a train with two absolute uh, crackers in terms of uh, tight contests and uh, didn't know who was going to win till the very end of the first two games. And then after that... But let's, let's just be honest, Pear. Hmm? How were those two games handicapped by yours truly? Oh, what did you put down as the, uh, the scores for the Sydney and uh, the Melbourne games? Uh, the Sydney game, which was won by two points by Sydney, was a 5-5 split from Finey. The Melbourne game mm. against Brisbane, which was won by one point by Melbourne, was a 5-5 even split by Finey. So brilliant. Well done, done Finey. Uh, I'm a good handicapper. Yep. Uh, Gold Coast and St Kilda. You gave St Kilda the, uh, the, uh, the uh, underdog there. Uh, yep. You, Carlton, uh, you had them as the underdog, and they got up, uh, but it was six four. I, th- I, which I, I think Finey picked Carlton. Yes, he did. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, the games across uh, late on Saturday and into Sunday were just obviously awful, um, oh. awful to watch, and uh, awful to have to endure. If you're a fan of those teams, had to watch West Coast. I watched about two minutes of West Coast and Richmond. My God, West Coast are awful, aren't they? I yeah. I didn't realise quite how how absolutely. I think I think Dick Emery said it best. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, they um, they couldn't hit a cow on the ass with a frying pan. Their their ability to hit targets is just abysmal. Yeah, no good. They're very 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 ordinary and insipid and um, heartless. I'd be I'd be questioning whether you give them their check. To be honest, if they're in any other industry, they wouldn't get it. They should be going straight down to the sewage plants for their recovery. Get in there, fellas, and do twenty five laps. Well, they they're a sewage manufacturer. To be honest, the shit they they put up the other day. Yeah, we'll see how they like it. Yep, not very not very nice. Now, I'll have a look at the tips. Here we go. The tips. Uh, as they came from uh, this one, fine. He's done well again. Again, top the uh, top the class this week, Mister Fine. A seven and two fives for the uh, the underlings uh, who uh, you know clearly have no idea of what's going on in football. Uh, so no. that five takes you, Brian, to ninety, which would have you on top of uh, no tipping competition anywhere in Australia. <laughs> Right. Um, the seven takes finally to 112, which would have him right up on the pointy end of a whole lot of competitions that I've seen. And uh, my five takes me to 98. And if you're not on 100, you're not even the top 20 of most tipping competitions. So I'd be well down the list. So finally has a very, very comfortable lead there. Also has a very comfortable lead in the um, Lenny's Fine Foods tipping competition. Uh, this week, Brian, 16. Yes. 
Well, it's better than what I've been the last couple of weeks. 16. So you've jumped up to 89. Uh, you got uh, you got Sydney, obviously. you got Collingwood. Uh, the saver there. You picked GWS. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Richmond, obviously. Uh, so you got 16. I I, I uh, bottomed out this week because uh, I, I went with the West Coast Eagles and I went with North Melbourne. Um, and I went with Adelaide. Um, so I picked, I got 14, which only takes me to 101. You, Mr. Fine, did very well. Uh, you got 22. Mm. Uh, you got the Carlton, you got the Carlton one, right, which neither Brian or I picked. Uh, Geelong, Hawthorne, uh, Richmond, Collingwood, and Sydney for 22. So you're on 124. I'm on 101. And uh, Brian's on 89. So big gaps there. Let's get to the footy mm. for this one. But weekend. not insurmountable under this system. No, and not with some of the games that are coming up across this weekend because there are some carrot danglers of the biggest extreme. Brian, are you ready? Yes, I'm excited. Okay. First game, Friday night, Essendon Western Bulldogs. Can I just say, you look at the ladder and our teams that we barrack for, Western Bulldogs, Essendon and St Kilda, take up positions 6, 7 and 8. And quite frankly, we are bloody lucky to be there. Yes. Well, the doggies have a, a, an ability to shoot themselves in the foot um, that would, you know, win them a Victoria Cross, honestly. And Essendon, I don't know what the hell happened. Did Matthew Knight come and help out the coaching or, you <laughs> oh, know, oh, did, did, um, did you know the truck? come back and help out for the day because they played shit. No, Scotty's got to cop that one. That was they were terrible, but you you've got to cop it when when your team just doesn't they didn't turn up. No. No, oh, well. They they stopped at Lara. They didn't go past Lara for at least the first two and a half quarters. We shouldn't have to play them there. You would have got 60 70,000 at the MCG for that game and then you go there and you know play Frio in North Melbourne with it. Well, I think the capacity at the moment is only about 25 because of the works. Well, you don't play Essendon there with, you know, 25,000 cheapest creepers. You know, oh. we have that for a practice game. Hang on. You're not in any position, the Essendon Football Club, to be telling uh, teams where your games get played. You've been a underperforming bunch of hacks for a number of years now. You don't get the right to be telling anybody where you Are play. You- you reckon this was scheduled because they just thought we were going to be shit again? Oh well, it's possible. Yeah, probably, probably true. Actually, mind you, if you believe Mark Fine, it was it was uh, scheduled at Geelong because Geelong gets the best draw in the competition. Well, I, I agree with Mark Fine. He's leading the footy tipping competitions. <laughs> You're not saying anything either. <laughs> oh no! Well, we know that they got the armchair um, right. Uh, Okay. Essendon and Bulldogs, uh, Marvel Stadium, Friday night. It is Essendon's home game. I'm going for the doggies. Finey, you'll be the one that is the voice of reason here because our rock star mate will go for Essendon. I'm going for the dogs. Okay. Is is our rock star mate going for Essendon? I think Draper's coming back this week. Oh, I hope so. But um, so, yes, I'll be going for the Mighty Bombers. Okay. It's one position where I think we're actually going reasonably well is the ruck position with young Tim English. He's had a very good year, that boy. You rely a bit too much on Bontepelli. Yeah, that's probably very true. Uh, now, if you want to pick Essendon in the uh, Farnies uh, tipping competition, 
Lenny's Fine Foods. You get six, Brian, so I imagine you're staying with that. Absolutely. Uh, now, finally, it's only four for the Bulldogs. Are you banking the four or are you going with... I'll have that, I'll have that four, yeah. Thank you'll you. have that four? Four for Finey and six for Brian if the inevitable does happen for Brian and his team actually gets up and wins. Richmond and Hawthorne play at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. Uh, now, for the one point, Brian, who are you going for, Richmond or Hawthorne at the G? Oh, my. Um, how much did Richmond win by last week? Oh, I don't have the scores oh, they played in front of me. They played Coast, West Coast. They, they won yeah. by 40 odd, I think. Yeah, no, look, I'm going to. 38. 38. Yeah, I'm going to go for Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Okay. Well, I'm picking Richmond, so finally we'll be the uh, arbiter here of where we swing. Richmond. Richmond. Now, Brian, if you stay with Hawthorne, you'll get seven points. Thank you. Brian's taken that. I'm taking Richmond for the three, and I'm assuming, finally, you haven't lost your mind. You'll be taking the three for Richmond. I'll take the three. Right. Carlton take on the West Coast. Oh, everyone's on the Blues bandwagon. It's at Marvel Stadium, 2.10, Saturday afternoon. Well, anyone who's not on their bandwagon for this one is Fedekum, who lost their mind. But it's only worth a point. Are you going to have a crack at the West Coast Eagles, Brian? Or oh, for nine? Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you're assuming that we're all taking uh, Carlton for the point. Yeah. Yep. For nine. Um no, no, I don't think I can. No, I, no. Don't, I don't think anybody could. It's bank of points. Yeah, bank bank one. Take the one. Brisbane and Geelong at the Gabba. Woohoo! Saturday afternoon, four thirty-five. Brisbane at the Gabba are a much better team. Um, I think they play very well at the Gabba. I don't think uh, Geelong are going well, but Cameron back is a good thing for him. Dangerfield with another game under his belt, but I think Brisbane will win at the Gabba. Finey. Brisbane. Mr. Mannix for the point. Uh, Brisbane for me. Okay. Now we go to the uh, points for the juicy one. Uh, mm. And Brisbane will only get you four. Geelong will get you six. I'm banking the, I'm banking the four. Uh, Mr. Fine. Brisbane. Mr. Mannix. Is six, yeah. six on offer for Geelong. Um. No, Geelong kind of shit me after last week. So go Brisbane. <laughs> Fair enough. I can relate to that as a form of uh, justifying your tip. Port Adelaide and Collingwood. Now, the blockbuster between uh, sides one and two on the ladder. Adelaide Oval, Saturday night at 7.40. I'm going to go with Port Adelaide to win this one because uh, it's in Adelaide and because Collingwood just, just must be due for a loss. Port Adelaide be due for a loss. You beautifully... Read that finding? Do you think they'll bounce back this week against the Pies? No. Going to go with Collingwood? Yep. Brian? No, I think they'll bounce back because this is – well, second play and first. I think there's four points between them, isn't there? So – and it's also – no, we're the freaking Magpies. Get f***ed. So I think there's always that bit of malice with this game. So And I think you give – Port Adelaide three goal advantage because they're playing at home. Okay, so that, that'll that'll do the job. They'll win by eleven points. And if Port Adelaide do win, you get six points in the uh, the Lenny's Fine Foods one. So do you want the six? Absolutely. Finey, what are you doing? You're going to bank the four for Collingwood, or you're going to have a crack at the six? I'll take six for Port. 
So we're all going for Port Adelaide for the six. Fremantle and Sydney at Optus Stadium on uh, Saturday night. So that's in Perth. Um, Sydney surprised me beating the Doggies, to be perfectly honest, but I don't think they'll beat Frio. I'll go for Frio on this one. Finey? I'll go for Sydney. Sydney and Mr. Mannix? Um, I think Sydney kind of shit me more than Melbourne <laughs> than Frio. So um, I'll go for Frio. Okay. Brian's tipping his shitometer is out. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just checked the weather and it's still shit weather, so he's still going with the shit tips. Right now, uh, this is a split one, five and five. So stick with your tip and go Frio and pick up the five. I'm assuming, Brian, because it makes no difference. Yeah, I'll take the uh, Frio. So we're all going with our tips. Uh, yeah. GWS and Gold Coast uh, at Manuka, so it's in Canberra. Sunday afternoon at 10 past one. GWS are in good form at the moment. I think they'll win this one quite comfortably against the Gold Coast Stuns. Barney? Yep, GWS. Brian? Gold Coast are not going to like the cold at uh, Canberra. They're used to beautiful climate up here. They're probably a bit annoyed about the rain tonight. But um, I think that'll play a a big part of this. And I think um, GWS actually get a bigger crowd at Manica than they do at um, GWS. So I think they'll have the home crowd advantage and therefore we will go jump on the GWS, who incidentally is the same colours and almost the same name as BWS, the Beer, Wine and Spirits joint. Oh, okay. They're grey, orange and white. Oh, yeah, they are too. Good point. Bunch of of pissheads. Hadn't picked that up until now. Uh, So it'll only get you three points if you stay with GWS, but if you swing to the Gold Coast, Brian, you'll get seven. I love the Gold Coast, Kev. Are you taking the seven? Absolutely. I've never doubted these boys. All right. Suns for seven. I'm sticking with GWS for three, Finey. GWS. Melbourne and Adelaide at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. <clears throat> Melbourne uh, struck a little bit of form on the weekend. That uh, that last five minutes was uh, was pretty good to watch. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go for the the D's. Uh, yep. And the and the snow stopped falling at uh, Borbor and Hotham, so there'll be a few supporters there. Who are you going for, Finey? Melbourne. Melbourne. Mr. Mannix? Melbourne. <laughs> no, I don't think that's officially the name of the team. Um, no, I was just talking about Dan Andrews, actually. No. <laughs> uh, Although... There's a lot of people in Adelaide going off the crows. They don't like them because I don't think Port gets much of a go in the paper, but... Um, now I'm going to go for the crows for this one. Oh, okay, Adelaide. Now yep. in the uh, in oh now here's here's the money ball for you, Brian. Here's mm. uh, you know the money shot as as uh, Burt Reynolds said in that movie. Uh, Adelaide will get you eight. Sign me up. Sign him up for eight. He's taken the eight. Uh, I can't uh, possibly take the eight. They don't travel well, Adelaide. Don't travel travel well at all. So I'm going Melbourne. Uh, are you sticking with Melbourne, Barney, for the points? Yeah, I'll take Melbourne. Back the two in. And the yeah. final game of the round is St Kilda and North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Um, North, are, North are pretty bad. I thought they were actually a little better than uh, than what they've finished up being. Uh, they are pretty bad. So uh pains me to say it, but I'll pick St Kilda here. No, I'm... Bit with Brian in terms of watching them playing, I'm not all that big a fan. Uh, so St Kilda for me, and me. yep, and Brian, 
What a game this will be. An absolute snooze fest. <laughs> Bad income. Now, North is shit house and St. Kilda play ugly footy. Oh, it's going to be a shit house. Um, thank goodness the World Cup soccer is starting on Thursday. The girls are going to have a crack. That'll be good. Um, yeah, so with that in mind, I am going for the Saints. Right. Now, uh, dangling a little carrot in front of you, though, Brian, if North Melbourne were to get up, you'd get seven points. I'm banking the St Kilda three, not with any great confidence. Finally, what are you doing, St Kilda? Yep. And, Brian, seven for North Melbourne, should they get up? They are due. They are, They were unlucky last week. There's some dodgy umpiring and... Uh, I, you know, I think they were robbed, quite frankly. So um, I'm going to put North Melbourne down. Thank you. Down for seven. All right. Well, uh, you could have a very big week, Brian, if your roughies get up. Yes. Chances are very, very... Umpiring, uh, God, uh, I saw enormous amounts of um, uh, social media posts. More than normal, um, uh, you're having a crack at the umpires over the first two games of the uh, the round last week, the two close ones. All the Bulldog supporters whinging and bitching, carrying on about the umpiring in that game, and all the uh, supporters from both clubs uh, having a whinge about uh, the um, Melbourne game. So uh, umpiring's in the spotlight and not in a good spotlight. Uh, And you mentioned uh, the Matildas. We should mention that too. They start Thursday night. uh, Yeah. The first game of the World Cup. They had a terrific 1-0 win over France in the last uh, friendly game, the lead-up game, and uh, they'll kick off... uh, in front of 80,000 people, they think, will be there on Thursday night. Is it at the G? No, no. It's Sydney. Sid- the Sydney Stadium. Oh, okay. Oh, well, look, I'm really excited about this. I love soccer. And, you know, I'd obviously prefer if it was the men's because I'm just used to watching men's soccer more. But on the other side, the men are going to get their ass kicked, but these girls could actually win it. So, um it's very exciting, and um, we've got such a great team, and, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. It should be good. So we'll uh, see how they go on Thursday night in their first game and then uh, then follow their, their progress. The, the Cup, obviously, is uh, between Australia and, and New Zealand. It's being hosted, so there's games on uh, on both uh, in both countries, so it'll be an interesting th- two or three weeks uh, till we get to the uh, to the final, and hopefully we're, we're there towards the end. That'd be nice. I All right, actually go to a game. Yeah, well, why not? Uh, uh, well, I've got not much on in August, so uh, where do we go? I'm not sure if there's any games in Queensland. To be honest, I, I haven't looked at the. Um, oh, really? At the draw, I'm not sure. There might be. Don't know. Well, I might fly there anyway. Yeah, why not? Hang the expense, well, Brian. What's the World Cup? Actually, I might go to the World Cup. Is it next year? The American one, America Mexico one. I might go to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got to go to a World Cup. It's kind of on the bucket list. Did you win tats on the weekend, did you? No, no, no. I got no, it finally got the tats. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> does have a new one on his chest. Um, what is it? Is it an American Indian head? Is that what it is? Fema? Yeah. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. That's what it is. Very well done. Um, all right. Uh, Brian, you know what it's time for? Ladies and gentlemen. Here's this week's episode of The Deathalyzer. And start with uh, a sporting one that will, uh, I'm not sure if you're up, caught up with this one, uh, finally, but Alan Morrow passed away, the St Kilda Premiership. Oh, no. Player. Yeah, at the age of okay. 86. 
Oh, exactly. I met Alan. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. you would have uh, would have come across him because the St Kilda Premiership Mocker, players. What a great bloke! Are very few and far between, obviously. Um, yeah, what a great bloke! Yeah, so Alan Morrow, Mocker, well, six foot ruckman. Yeah, highly respected, loved at the club. Yep. loved. Yep, yep. Now I've heard his name mentioned uh, many times by a lot of St Kilda people. Him and his wife at a function down near Moravan Airport. Okay. So, sad loss there for the St Kilda supporters. Alan Wilkie, the weatherman from the ABC for years. Ah. Years he was the weatherman on the ABC. He yeah. uh, passed away at the weekend at the age of 94. Oh. One more six. Uh, Jane Birkin, the uh, singer and oh, so fashion... Bun there, the other <laughs> weather. <laughs> Uh, singer, fashionista, and actress, uh, and a handbag lady, uh, died at the age of 76. Um, and this one, uh, Brian, uh, this one, uh, will upset you. I know it upset me when we found it. I found this one out. Um, our mate Sam Cutler, um, who we spoke oh. to on the life of Brian, oh, middle of last year, I think it was, um, <laughs> road manager for the Rolling Stones and for uh, the Grateful Dead. He had a sound like Keith Richards, he was yeah. great. Very, very funny man. Uh, Great character. Been out here in Australia for a long time now uh, and has been sort of caravanning around the place and road managing for a, a, a lady that he met out here and, uh, and and just jumping on podcasts and radio stations and telling stories about, uh, you know, being... He, can, he continued to tour even if there wasn't a band. <laughs> <laughs> he was a professional road manager. I think he was 80. Uh, he, he'd been suffering... Uh, and been fighting cancer for for many years now. I uh, I think he'd had two or three different uh, different uh, versions of the cancer. Um, uh, have a crack at him, and finally it got him at the age of eighty. But uh, he, uh, if you get a chance, go back and have a listen to the the episode we did with him for the life of Brian. Yeah, uh, he was funny, great. Funny as talking about the Rolling Stones at Hyde Park and um, just great stories. A really great storyteller and yeah. uh, a, oh, that's a real very character. Sad. And just a just a funny bloke. I'm just the interactions I had with him on uh, on Facebook, uh, organising the interview with him. He was funny as buggery, and he'd go, "No, I'm disappearing for three days. I'm going off with, uh, you know, I'm road managing this person. I'll, I'll come back and get in touch with you in three days." And five days later, he'd come back to me and go, "Yeah, I can do it now if you want to do it." <laughs> He's a funny, funny. Uh, oh well, no, he's still managing. Jimi Hendrix, right as we speak, and uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did did he uh, pack a lot into his eighty years on the planet? So sure uh, did. Uh, R.I.P. to Sam and to to all those his friends. Uh, there's a lot of lot of people in the industry uh, loved him. Um, and that's it, Brian. Close it up. That concludes tonight's episode of the Death Hole. Now we get to uh, we don't have a chart again this week, and we talked about this last week. We have moved on from our top five Australian. Um, sitcoms and comedy shows, uh, finally suggested we do the English ones. Well, I put it up on Facebook and Twitter uh, that we were doing it, and I've got 25 pages of of responses from people. So thank you to all those people who sent through um, your top fives. Um, They're up there on the Facebook page to have a look at, but Jesus, narrowing it down to five was a job. Yeah, they, they make much better sitcoms than we do, don't they? Bloody oath. Um, yeah, bloody oath. How'd you go, Finey? Did you struggle to get it down to five? I mean, I had a dozen unlucky outside the top five, a dozen shows that I would watch 
any time of the day. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and there was some I, some I thought about that, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I really, you know, 13, 14-year-old, I really, really liked some of that uh, late 60s humour. Yep. God knows none of it would, would uh, even get close to being put on air these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just every night on, on television in the in the early part of the 70s and the late part of the 60s, yep. there was two and three and four British sitcoms on. yeah. yeah. Every single night of the week, you know, oh, yeah. father, dear father, man about the house, doctor in charge, just every single night. You'd, yeah. you'd watch, the, watch the quiz show at 7 o'clock and then by 7.30 you're watching Mind Your Language or yeah. Please Sir or... Please, please Sir was good at the top one. Yeah, I, I'm good. sure if we watched them now, and I haven't watched mm. a lot of them for ages, but I'm sure if we watched it we'd go, oh, you'd cringe a yeah. bit. But at the time... They were great. Yeah. They were great. Yeah, they were. And I think you got to, you kind of got to judge them for at the time. Oh, I did anyway. So. Oh, I think that's the only way you can do it. What what a show meant to you, and if a show, you know, and I've got one in my top five that that uh, is an old, really old one. Um, I just used to piss myself laughing. Yeah, it was on for half an hour, and I pissed myself laughing for half an hour. That to me qualifies as being a show that. You know, even now, I, I hold really fondly in my heart. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to it then. What do you got, Fanny, at number five? So number five, look, these five are absolute <coughs> in rarefied air. I mean, I think a combination of absolute brilliance, of humour, of... Now, I'll make my apologies to the... There's a group of shows that just missed out, and yeah. I'll mention them when I get to number one. Yep. But obviously, they missed out on the top five. Yep. So getting in at number five, I think the Blackadder series was great. I think one was a bit hard to, a bit, bit harder to get to love. By two, it was getting very funny. For me, Blackadder three, I think there are eight episodes, maybe eight to ten. Uh, Absolute works of brilliance, such brilliance. Hugh Laurie as King George is hilarious. I mean, that Blackout of Three for me is just a series of brilliant, brilliant concepts, brilliant comedies. Blackout of Rowan Atkinson at his best, Tony Robinson, Baldrick at his best. Great guest appearances. Um, there was the episode where uh, they were dealing with the dictionary, and that was Robbie Coltrane, oh, who was God. the author of the dictionary, and they destroyed it by mistake. And so, for me, Blackadder three, every episode just magnificent. Now, I will admit that I have not watched Blackadder. Should I watch it now? And and would it work now, Fanny? Oh yeah, I, I would. I would watch three and four. Yeah, okay. Uh, one and two were a bit. Harder to fathom. Three and I, I think my mate Ben Elton started writing for it on three. I'm not sure, but I know he kind of gave it a kick in the ass and wrote some of their best episodes. I, I'm told by Ben Elton. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, four and five, Blackadder. You reckon? Three, I, four, three, three and four. Series three and four. Okay, yeah, brilliant. All right, I'll pick it up and watch it because I've never watched it. Yeah. But I know I should. Um, yeah. All right, Brian, you're number five. Wow, this is tough. 
Um, I don't know which one to put it at number five, but um, I'm going to go for, um, yeah, look, I had to pick one of those ones from the 70s that you were talking about, Kev, you know, like on the buses, please, sir, father, dear father, um, steptoe and son. You know, there's a lot of really great shows that I really like, but I'm going to go with, because it's just so wrong by today's standards, but um, Love Thy Neighbour with Eddie Booth and... um, um, oh, Eddie Booth's the one you remember the most. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was Bill. just so so wrong. I think but his next door neighbour was Bill. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, and um, I can't remember what the girls' names were. But, um, you know, fancy saying, oh, you bloody nignog. And it's a proven fact that whites are better at cricket than blacks. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> God, imagine trying to say that today. And then, you know, in another episode, Eddie's trying to prove that, you know, there's no racism. So Eddie puts on blackface and they go out on the town. Yeah. And Eddie keeps getting thrown out, not because he's black, but because he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great show. Love Light Nova, number five. Okay. I did a similar thing. I picked one of those shows from the from the 70s and, uh, and put it in. And I finished up deciding on Steptoe and Son because I just, again, that was one of those shows I just, laugh from start to finish i just found it incredibly funny um i thought the the chemistry between those two characters um was just superb the writing was brilliant um and their acting was fantastic there was uh just i mean as, as despicable as as the old man was just as disgusting as he was um you couldn't help but bloody laugh and just though a very yeah. a very very good show very well done um did you know that do you know Steptoe's son changed world politics? In what way? Was it uh, now? That... No, it was a major thing happened. What was that? So it was in the late 60s or mid-60s, because like, the show started in 64 or something like that. Yeah. So it might have been the mid-60s. It was the number one rating show in England. It was literally, you know, people just, it just captured the minds of working-class England and, and they would empty pubs would empty when it was on. Yeah. Anyhow, the season premiere of Steptoe and Son, which I think was going to be a rerun, so they were starting with one of the best episodes from the previous year, but it was the first episode of the season, and then they were going to play the new ones, coincided with the date of the general election. Uh-huh. And the party in power were the Conservatives, the Tories, and the Labor Party. I think headed up by Harold Wilson, were very, very concerned because the it was in summer, so the you know the polls closed quite late. I think the polls closed at like eight o'clock or something like that, or seven thirty. But they were very concerned that the season premiere of Steptoe and Son was on at six thirty on the BBC, <laughs> and that many of their voters would not would if they hadn't remembered to vote would not vote because they would rush home to watch Steptoe and stuff. <laughs> oh, so Harold Wilson made a personal repre- personal visit to the head of the BBC and in an unprecedented move, they moved Steptoe and Son to 8.30 that night after the booths, after the polling booths closed. Good God. And Labor won with small majorities in a number of um, seats that pollster analysts said 
afterwards may well have been lost had that move not been made because it was a tight squeak in many seats that they won and it was considered definitely Labor voters were the ones that were in love with Steptoe and Son, working class comedy. Yeah, yeah. God. And they reckon, and it was around the time of, of things like the Cold War, the Bay of Pigs and all of that. It was a very volatile time in world politics and the fact that um, England had a, conser- had, had a Labor government, not a Conservative government, changed the face of geo, the geopolitical scene f- forever and a day. So you can look it up, but Depto and Son played its part in world politics and the world we live in today. <coughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, you're number four. What's your number four then, Finey? So I've got to, I'm, I'm going back to the 70s as well. Ooh. One of my absolute, absolute favourite comedies of all time, starring Ronnie Barker, Richard Beckinsale. Oh, yes. Who sadly died very young. Yeah, he did. Did he commit suicide? He did, didn't he? No, 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 no. He died in his 20s of natural causes. Oh, okay. His daughter became a famous actress. Very famous, beautiful. Whoopi Goldberg. Um, <laughs> no. No. But the, to me, the, st- the show was stolen by the brilliant Fulton Mackay, who played the prison officer, yeah. Mr. Mackay. You're talking about porridge, obviously, yes. In the great comedy Porridge, which I just, I, it, it stands up today. It really is a great comedy. Oh, mm. it's superb. A superb comedy, and one of the ones that I would have in a, a list of apologies that didn't quite make it in mine. Um, yeah, and it was, Lecter, it was you are a recidivist. <laughs> it, it was a real, um, in many ways, even though it, it didn't turn out to be, but it, it was a big gamble for Ronnie Barker to do that. Yeah, oh yeah, because the yeah. two Ronnies was such a massive. Um, entity for them too. They, they they'd done very little, and and there was a lot riding for him personally on on that show working. Well, you know, he went on to be a great character in that open all hours, where Ronnie Corbett really didn't appear. He wasn't an actor. No, uh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah, he was a he was a, a sit down. You know, he was a storyteller, not an actor. But Barker was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Barker. Barker was yes. Barker was an actor, whereas um, uh, you'd have to say Ronnie Cook was more like a, a Tonight Show host, yeah, like, yeah, a ventri- yeah, like a ventriloquist doll. Yeah, well, he's, he's certainly like that. He, he certainly looked like that. No, Porridge is a great show. Great show. Um, I've only seen a couple of episodes, but yeah, what I saw was good. Oh no, very, very, very clever, very cleverly written. Um, number four, Brian. Number four, um, I'm going to go for Comic Strip Presents, which is – and it comes in at number four because the production values on the filming aren't – it's like they filmed it themselves. But it's um, French and Saunders, and they're very young, and it's um, Nigel and Adrian Edmondson from The Young Ones and Cockgrain's in it. Um, but anyway, they do they do take the piss out of something. They did a, a great one on um, the famous five called Five Go Mad in Dorset. And they're, you know, just being exactly like Edith Blyton's books, they're going, I say, Jen, you're awfully smart for a girl. 
I don't know about you, but I'm famished. Yes, let's get some ginger beer. And it's just so funny. And they do another good one, a bit like Spinal Tap, where Adrian Edmondson is the guitarist. He goes, well, Jimmy Page wrote Stairway to Ever when he's 21. I worked out how to play it when I was 12. I think that says a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's my number four. That's a good one. Um, My number four is Ab Fab. I loved it. I just thought they mm. were they were uh, perfectly cast. Um, Joan Lumley, oh god, um, <laughs> she she got she got the best lines. But the the the, the whole show was just really well written. Um, the the little little characters they had, the the little secretary characters, and all those all worked. Um, it was just it was so over the top that it was uh, just a thoroughly enjoyable half hour to sit and watch that uh, week in, week out. So AbFab makes it at number four for me. Uh, now at number three, Finey. I mean, this is just... Now you're talking about genius for me at this point. And for me, The Office was genius. I mean, I never really got into the American one. I didn't I didn't need to. I absolutely loved The Office, the... I mean, it was sort of uncomfortable at times. The Ricky Gervais character in it, the you know he plays the boss, and uh, it's beautifully acted, and you know catapulted Gervais into world stardom, which he deserves because he's an incredibly funny and creative man. So the Office. Yep. Yep. Now again, like Black Adder, I haven't watched The Office. You'd love it. Yeah, and I and I every time I go to it, I I don't have enough time to kind of get into it, but uh, it is one I watch, and I have no no desire whatsoever to watch the American version of it. I'm not an anti Steve Carell. I, I think he's quite good. Um, people love it. The people who watch both absolutely love it. But I just I'm not going to start. It's a long long road to hoe, and I'm happy with the English one, yeah, which yeah. I think is sheer brilliance. Yep. Uh, you're number three, Brian. Well, it's a good night for Ricky Gervais, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go for extras, um, which is you know, him being a struggling actor and, um, you know, and then you've got, you know, great cameos with Daniel Radcliffe and um, just a whole lot of really cool actors in it. And it's about this struggling actor and it's just, you know, because it's about movie sets, you know, he's a World War One soldier in one episode, the next one he's a knight. And he keeps f***ing things up and trying to get a line. But, um, no, it's, it's I, I really enjoyed that probably because it's about making movies. But um, extras for me at number three. Uh, well, this is not uh, planned, rehearsed. No one sees anyone else's list. But my number three is also a Ricky Gervais um, series, and it's Afterlife, which I found absolutely hysterical and um, touching and moving all in the same uh, area. There, there's parts in it where you, you, you're sitting there bawling and then next minute you're sitting there with tears from laughter. Um, bloody brilliantly written. Uh, didn't milk it. Got to the end of, I think, series four. Four series, um, and uh, and said that's it. That uh, I'm finishing it with that, and walked away from it. Um, and I've not gone back and watched it again, but I, I don't need to. I, I, I'm not someone who does that with a lot of shows. Um, absolutely brilliantly written, brilliantly acted, um, great, uh, sensational. Some of the secondary characters that they do in some of these British shows are so much better and so much more important than the way we layer comedy. 
The way they layer yeah. comedy, I find really you can have someone who's only in two episodes for five minutes and you'll remember them forever because they're bloody brilliant and they're brilliantly written and acted. We have some non come in in the middle of a sitcom and do five minutes and it's totally, I don't know, it just doesn't. Just tries too hard. Doesn't have the same impact. Uh, some of the some of the small characters in Afterlife are bloody brilliant, really brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, so no, I think he's. Uh, I think he is. Uh, he's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. He's exceptionally good stand up. I've watched his uh, yeah. a few of his stand up shows and he's very good. But Afterlife is uh, is top shelf. Yeah, he's certainly. Really- Taking it up a notch, hasn't he, with that one? Yeah, no, he's very good. Uh, and Richard Beckinsale, who you mentioned before, Poet, Kate Beckinsale, of course, is his daughter, the um, the yeah, actress. That's uh, right. Yeah, very, very good actress. Um, what's your number two, Fonny? Well, at number two, I've got the comedy that I, th- I think is voted, even worldwide, maybe, as the greatest comedy ever. Um, how many episodes? Only 14, I think, episodes. I think, I think we've, all, we've probably all got it in our top two or three. The Great Faulty Towers. I mean, it is such – it's it's hard not to have it at number one, but I've got a reason why I don't. Okay. Um, but it's no fault of Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers is, to a line, simply genius. I mean, well, the characters in it, obviously, Basil is <laughs> the primo, but you've got Manuel, you've got Polly, you've got – Basil's wife, Sybil, who's just unbearably <laughs> the major. Um, I mean, some of my just favourite moments in it. He's just sitting there on podios. What was that? That's that's my life. That's your lot, son. He just reckons his life is just, <laughs> just passed him by. His wife walks in. How are you, my little nest of vipers? <laughs> <laughs> no, very, very, very funny show. <clears throat> I, I have it one notch higher, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm um, now I'm intrigued to see what you've got at number one. Um, it's yeah. it's the kind of thing if if I catch a uh, half an episode of Faulty Towers somewhere, I I cannot not watch it. I'm yeah. f- if I'm flicking it, I've got to finish. I've got to finish watching it. And, yeah. and and if someone posts like three minutes of it on uh, on social media, I just I love it. I see that he's he's uh, um, supposedly writing. With his daughter, who he's touring out here with soon, um, yep. a Faulty Towers type um, sequel. I'm not quite sure whether I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah, I like the fact that they only did however many episodes it was and left it at that because I don't think they could top it. Um, I think you could do you could do a movie of it like they did with Starsky and Hutch and have a new guy playing Faulty and what they did yeah, with Shark. I don't think so. And then at the end he that. just arrives and he's granddad or whatever. I don't know. No. Yeah, no. I, I, no. They tried an American version. It was terrible. Did they really? Yeah, terrible apparently. Oh. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Um, not surprised. They did a stage play, which was very lukewarm reception to that. Oh, this uh, Cleese, Cleese, you couldn't do it without Cleese. Cleese is so much that show. The physical, I mean, we talk about the jokes in it, and uh, and it was full of jokes, but the physical comedy in it was unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what's your number two, Brian? My number two, which I didn't really consider as a comedy, but I saw it on the list. I thought, oh, yeah, beauty. Um, and But it is a comedy. Um but I'm going for Minder. Yeah. Um, 
what's his name? Um, Arthur. Arthur. Arthur Daly. Oh my God! One of the greatest characters of all time. Um, he's he just made that show for me, and you know Terry was good too. But um, I like that kind of show where they're just sort of on the edge of the law, you know, they're doing dodgy shit and. You know, but the way he justified everything in his mind, like, you know, it's just business. It's just business. And she who must be obeyed. And, you yeah. know, that, I, I thought that show was great. Yeah. No, very no, good No, you've got that wrong. What's that? She who must be obeyed was Ron Paul of the Bailey. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. his might have been, yeah, her at home. Her indoors? Her indoors. Her indoors, her indoors. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of people on the social media posts have mentioned every show that we mentioned. Minder was one that everyone said, oh, would you count that in there? Um, and mm. I, the criteria is, that, you know, it's shows that make you laugh, and Minder certainly made uh, made a lot of people laugh. Um, yeah. My number two is being mentioned already, but not been, uh, been mentioned in passing, but not as a show. Um, the two Ronnies, I just, I still... To this day, it was only a week or so ago, um, someone posted something on social media and Sarah saw it and played it to me. And I just, it was Ronnie Barker doing um, that thing with Ronnie <laughs> with Ronnie Corbett where the quest, the answer to the question was one behind the actual question. <laughs> Jesus, it was, oh, it, was, it was so funny and it was so clever and it wasn't. It wasn't filthy. It wasn't. It didn't need any innuendo and uh, nothing. It was just really, really funny and really clever. And uh, it went for you know three minutes, and it was bloody brilliant. Um, uh, they they constantly made me laugh, and I I uh, loved their their humour. The, they did books and stuff, and I remember buying all the books and reading the books and pissing myself laughing with them because the the jokes the 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 standard the material was just so. Good. I don't know how much they wrote to get a show each week, but by God, uh, the stuff that they they finished up putting out as you know the half hour edition of the show. Um, God, it was just it was so good. I I absolutely loved the two Ronnies and still love the two Ronnies. So they're my number two. Number one, finally, <clears throat> let me let me uh, reiterate your five here. You've got Blackadder series three, Porridge, The Office, and Faulty Towers. So. First of all, I want to give some of my apologies. Yep. Now, Minder, I didn't put in because I'm not sure it's a comedy. Mm. But, but yeah, if it makes you laugh, then it is a comedy, and it certainly made me laugh. Um, very hot. These are all could have been in the top five. Very similar to Minder, Only Fools and Horses, which, yeah. I, which I absolutely loved. Um, the Royal Family. I can't believe it's not in my top five. Did you ever watch The Royal Family? No, it's another one of the ones that I, I didn't catch up with, but I've I've seen great reports on it. Just a Manchester family sitting on the couch watching TV, basically. I mean, it is f***ing hilarious. It is so funny. Um, and then old favourites like On the Buses, The Goodies, which I love oh, growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus, The Goodies. I mean, I love the Benny Hill show. So, so nice. no one's going. No one's going to tell me that wasn't funny, even though I laughed at it as a kid more than as an adult. I loved Red Dwarf. I thought that was Very, brilliant science, yeah. science fiction comedy. Yep, and I really enjoyed that. Not when they they had a spell for many years and then they came back and did it again. I didn't really like that, but 
the original series of it, the few series they had at the beginning, I thought, was brilliant. There was a brilliant English animated series called Monkey Dust that very few people have seen. It's the darkest of dark humour, but very, very funny. So, you know, and going straight, which was not many people know, the sequel to Porridge only ran for one season, I thought was hilarious, when he gets out of out of jail. Oh, okay. So there's been some beauties, but my number one, it's a little bit diff- difficult because there's been a number of series with this character. Now I'm going to hone it down to mid-morning matters with Alan Partridge. Oh, okay. But, yeah. But whether it's I'm Alan Partridge, um, knowing me, knowing you, there's, I mean, there's been various series. There's, there's been later ones, but it's Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge, the most an inappropriate, not inappropriate, a sort of a a a, a bit of a buffoon, but a, a very self confident idiot, and it starts his life as a TV presenter. Yes. Getting sacked from that job, ending up working on Mid Morning Matters is digital radio in New Norfolk, in in North in Norwich, New Norfolk, digital radio. Oh God! But it's an entire series of him as a radio host. Now, now my own life is that and yours, I mean, it is just so true to what goes on, but he is just so self-serving. I love Alan, I love Steve Coogan's character, Alan Partridge. You know, it started off just as a small part on another show, actually. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. Where he, he was the sports reporter. You know, doing they'd show footage of like an actual race, and he'd call the and it'd be him calling the race. <laughs> you know, and make, the names of the horses are magnificent. Like small town gypsy massacre leading. Here comes Madonna's kit. Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps making up names as he's going along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for his body of work, anything to do with Alan Partridge, I find. Beyond hilarious, but we'll we'll say mid morning matters because that's the one that rang home truest. But it's all brilliant. Okay, beautiful. That's an exceptionally fine list from Mister Fine. All right, Brian, what do you got? Number one. Well, I was going to have um, faulty towers, but since we've already talked about that, probably should pay attention to. I know it's I know it's a bit dated now. But Monty Python and Flying Circus, well, you know, it kind of revolutionised comedy and it's probably not as effective now because everybody in America and everybody's just ripped off their brand of comedy. But but they're really good. <clears throat> so Monty Python for me, everybody knows why. And um, there you go. Here we are. Yep. Uh, so uh, yours was Love Thy Neighbour, um, Comic Strip Presents, Extras, Minder, and Monty Python. Mine's finished up being Steptoe and Son, Ab Fab, Afterlife, The Two Ronnies, and Faulty Towers at number one. And there's a whole stack of shows that we didn't even mention. Um, there's one that I haven't watched that everyone keeps telling me I should watch called The Thick of It, which I believe is what Veep. Um, it's a version of uh, like a uh, almost um, Veep style, the American version of it. Um, 
Um, the in-betweeners is another one that came up a lot on the, uh, oh, on the social media. shit. I should have had that in my thing. That's one of my favourite shows. It's fantastic. There you go. That came they're up four, a lot. They're four high school mates and they're all trying to get a root and they just want them full of shit and one's an idiot and it's just like when you were back at school. Um, <laughs> there you go. Nah, that's, that's a great show. That would have easily made my top five had I seen it. I was going to say, I thought you were going to talk about that just, just like being in a band. Um, well, I think there's probably a bit of that in there too. Yep. Um, great show. The Vicar of Dibney, did, did, we didn't give that a mention anywhere either, which uh, a lot of people had uh, in the in the ones that were sent through. Um uh, yeah, there's a there's a thank you so keeping much. Keeping up, keeping up appearances, I think, is a great, really well written show. That's another one that was mentioned uh, a lot. Uh, Benny Hill does get a mention in uh, in some of the things. George oh, and Mildred, yeah. and, and I've got I've got to mention Yes Minister because it was so yes, it was so brilliant, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, very, um, very clever. Very clever, and uh, a lot of shows have stolen a lot of stuff um, from it since. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I love I love till death do us part, till death us do part. Yeah, so did I. To be honest, um, I know Alf was the world, but I mean that was the the joke. Uh, if you, you yeah, I'm saying the the joke was on him. He was yeah. racist. But... Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but you know, your silly moo and all that stuff. I, I know it was it, it now. You look back and you go and all that. But at the time, God, it was funny. Um, it was very funny, and I we used to sit and watch. My family used to sit and watch um, those shows, uh, you know, as a family unit um, uh, of a night time. Watch Faulty Towers and watch Till Death Us Do Part. Now you're being served, and all those and uh, Mrs. Slocum and all that stuff. Um, and oh, no, I'm not, not surprised. How <laughs> you being served didn't get a mention. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there, I mean, and some some would. There was some also, as well as the one, the brilliant ones. There were some bloody awful ones. Um, you know, I think they went one or two series too many, and the doctor, doctor at large, doctor in the house, doctor up your Kyber Pass, whatever. They uh, they brought him down here. Yeah, and they did father, dear father, down under. Yeah, they did. I think Sigrid Thornton might have been in the local production of Father, dear. I father. think she was, and I think they did love thy neighbour down under. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, with Bill and Eddie. I think they did Are You Being Served? Yeah, definitely did they that because Shane Bourne was in that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Shane Bourne was, um, I think, the, not the John Inman role, but the other the other bloke, you know. Yeah, uh, the, the guy looked like he should be in, looked like Ronnie Burns or something. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had he had pop star hair and he had, uh, I, I know yeah. the bloke you're talking about. Yeah, Shane was in that. Um there, yeah, is, there is one show I want to mention. There is one show I want to give a, a mention to. Yeah. The most bizarre of all comedy shows. I mean, not, not bizarre, but twisted. And do you ever watch The League of Gentlemen? No. no. Oh, boy. Is that something different? <laughs> well, go Brilliant. on. In what way? Oh, no. It's just, it's, it's the most bizarre characters, disturbing. Yet funny, I mean, it's indescribable. You need to watch it, but I actually recommend it. Highly recommend it. Okay. But um, you know, a very much you know, set in an English village, 
but an alternate world, let me tell you. Very strange people. Okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, I've got I've got an enormous amount of stuff to watch on the back of that. Yep. So we have to we have to round this off. Uh, next week we have to do the American sitcoms and comedy oh, yeah, shows. Equally difficult. Yeah, it will be because uh, you know when you start getting into Mash and Cheers and all those sorts of shows. Get then. smart. Yes. Oh God. Yes. So yeah. uh, we head to the uh, the USA, the Star Spangled Banner version next week. It's going to be great. And the week after that, we'll do the uh, the Afghanistan comedy sitcoms. They're funny. <laughs> rolling in them. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that's it, boys. Uh, nicely done. And uh, that was that was some lovely memories there. Some nice. Yeah, memories. beautiful. Very good. Uh, so yes. uh, on the Facebook and uh, and Twitter and all that, if you want to uh, give us your five American shows that uh, that uh, and they've done some good ones of recent times. Uh, whereas, oh, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, the, it's going to be difficult. Yep, yeah, it always is. That's good. All right, good luck to your footy teams for the weekend, boys. Uh, another good week, hopefully, at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods for you. And good luck with the move, Finey. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, come yes. o- I'd come over and help tomorrow, but, oh, geez, I've got a few things on. Yeah, you're busy? Yeah, Brian and I got to interview Ian Moss. You know what? Yeah. Oh, that's good. But yeah. you don't want to help me move the you – know, you know the worst thing to move. You know the single worst item to move? The fridge. No, there's one worse. And I've actually, this is not like, because it's famously difficult to move. Many years ago when I was young, I had to move one of these and it was every bit as horrific as it's made out to be. Oh, hang on. What would that be? The couch with the folding out bed. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. That's like an incredibly heavy couch. Yep. Imagine moving the world's heaviest jack-in-the-box up and down staircases. <laughs> oh. oh, have you got stairs in the new place? There are stairs, but oh. that'll be the that'll be the what is it? The purview or yeah, the the purview of the paid movers. Yes. But when I was a teenager, moving out of home, there were no paid movers. Every we didn't, you know, I didn't have the dime to pay somebody to do it, so we were just lugging things around, and that sticks in my mind forever, trying to get one of those up and down the staircase. I remember, oh, I remember cats being pushing, pushing someone into a wall at one stage in one of the moves I had. Oh, God. <laughs> well, at least you know, finally, that your kids are smarter than you were because they know just to piss right off what <laughs> movies needs to be done. Near you like a sucker pushing shit downstairs. Crazy. Mate, I agree. I agree. <laughs> at least we've evolved. You've got to... I mean, I reckon, I reckon back when we were monkeys in trees, that monkeys hated moving trees. Like, <laughs> would have been the... yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Come on, we've got to go over to that tree over there. Oh, you're kidding! I've got all my bananas here. I've got my leaves here. <laughs> now you get over to the other one, and there's more bananas. There's not shit all over the branches because you've just arrived. Yeah, but so, I missed my shit. I missed my shit on the old yeah, branches. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. In fact, they, you go back ten a hundred thousand what I don't know I don't know the timeline. But Mrs. Monkey would have said exactly what to to Mr. Monkey what Natalie has said to me in the last couple of days. And what would that be, Fanny? You're not bringing that shit with you. <laughs> and then you would have said, and then you would have said, 
I'm at least taking the frog. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, good evening, gentlemen, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. See you, boys. Go, Matilda. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>